I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to be quite ambitious today in terms of what we're talking about. I want to. I want to go to the juggler really, which is that is is to really kind of have a, a picture of the coming of the day of the Lord, coming coming day of the Lord when he, um, when you know the day on which he appears and the and the resurrection that would take place at that time. I want to build up a picture of that. Um, and then what I want to be able to do is to say, okay, here's here's a picture. That's what ultimately we're aiming for. But actually, there are, there are, as with everything in God, there's always, with a few, and then with a few again, there is the opportunity to come have that experience or have, have a part of that experience or, or, or step into it much earlier. So I want to sort of start with what it will be for everyone, which is, you know, what's officially in the word. And then I want to kind of bring it forward into into our time so um to just kind of put a put a bit of context on that um for example when john was in 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 book of john in chapter 11 it's worth just uh turning to it and in in um verse 23 uh reads like this so this is um this is jesus who's going to the tomb of lazarus He's about to raise him from the dead. And, um, and he meets Martha. So this is in um, verse 23. And, uh, and it reads like this. It says, Jesus said to her, your brother, that's Lazarus, will rise again. And then Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in, on the, in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will, will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Um, and she said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he that comes into the world. And I would say that we're all a kind of a Martha in some way or another because, you know, the answer was kind of theological. It was events. It's kind of like, um, yes, you know, sometime in advance. But Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. You know, when we talk about things to happen and events and so forth, it's, it's, it's about a person. It's not a theology or, 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 or things going on. It's, it's Jesus himself. And that's, that's a key I want to kind of you know, as we do talk about events and as we do sort of look at things and, and in a sense, you know, it would be a case of what theologian, theologians might sort of mull over and all that kind of thing. But ultimately, this is why I want to get this in straight away, it's about a person. It's Jesus. Um, so let's dive into it. So the first, um, first one we're going to uh, sort of scripture to kind of paint the you know, sort of paint the wall, as it were. I want to go to First Thessalonians um, chapter 4, and we're going to read from 13 to 17. So from 13 it says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him... Um, bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed, precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we should always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm not going to say any more on this as yet, but I want us to turn to one... There's a lot there. (laughs) Um, I want to turn then to 1 Corinthians 15. So a little bit earlier in our Bibles. I'm going to read from 50, quite a long chapter. So, um, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 50. Now this, now I say this, brethren, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. But hold, I tell you a mystery, that we will not all sleep but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. I'm going to leave it, I'm going to leave it there. Oh, well, actually, I'll just mention the other one. For this perishable must put on imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. So... You know, between here and that event in the future, there are going to, you know, there's going to be a body of people alive. Yeah? That's right, absolutely. And we, you know, we've talked about this in this church, you know, that, you know, will it be us here? And amen if it is, that being the case. Um, And I just want to sort of, so... From the point of view of those still alive, let's just summarize a couple of points. So it talks about on that day, we've been transformed. So, you know, we all talk about the fact that, you know, our current state, our current fallible state, in a twinkling of eyes, it says in um, 1 Corinthians um, 15, we will be transformed into that resurrected state. That's, that's, what, that's, that's Paul explaining the mystery so that, you know, when we always talk about, you know, the only way through is through death, Paul is addressing this point of, like, well, what happens to those who are still alive when, they, when essentially a point comes between, you know, the current state of affairs and a new state of affairs, to put it mildly. Um, we will be caught up into the clouds, into the clouds. So there's going to be, you know, we're going to have to overcome vertigo, we're going to have to go and <laughs> overcome, um, you know, heights. We're going to be caught up. That's, that's what it says. Um, and, um, you know, meet, and it says, meet the Lord in the air to be with him forever. So we have that, in some ways we know this, don't we? We kind of, we have a little bit of an, 
you know, a, a sort of general picture of it, but we never really kind of, well, some of us might do, but, you know, some of us just sort of start to try and sort of, okay, well, how's that going to work out on, on the day? And, um, you know, I love doing that kind of thing, and this is why I want to share it with you. But, um, yeah, th those are some of the things that we can see for those who are alive. Let's bring another um, piece, um, you know, sort of scripture into, into, into this picture of a building. So go to Matthew 24. going to read from 20, verse 29. It reads like this, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, and we'll come back to that, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels and a, and a great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. And just to expand even further, in the equivalent um, part in Mark, uh, the, the last bit it says there, so in Mark 13, 27, it says the farthest ends of the earth to the farthest end of, he end of heaven. So I want to get two more perspectives as we, as we sort of build up this picture. So what, what happened out of the three scriptures that we've looked at, what, what's happening in heaven? Well, one, Jesus is descending from heaven to, a, a, I guess, a, a sort of lower part of heaven. Um, and that's in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. We have a voice of an archangel um, with a shout. And in, consistently throughout all of those three scriptures, you've got this, you know, sound of a trumpet being blasted. You know, the fact that we re regularly chauffeur here is, you know, that's all kind of a rehearsal, yeah? Um, and then he also talks in, you know, in, 20, in Matthew 24 and 29, powers of the heavens being shaken. And then from the perspective of the earth, the Son of Man appears for all those to see. So in Matthew 24, 30. And, they, you know, they, they're like mourning well, clearly, for missing out on, 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 on this. Um, one thing that was mentioned in the first passage, in the Thessalonians passage, the dead will rise first. Dead in Jesus, I point out. And then also it says, um, you know, the elect gathered from, from heaven and earth, I would say. So we're, we've got a, a mass congregation of, of well, you know, Dead and the, the, the live and dead in Jesus on the earth. There's some congregation of probably in the heavens as well that's coming together at this, this grand moment. Um, you know, a great crescendo in a symphony, that kind of thing. And um, just a cross reference, I'm not going to go there because, you know, um, 
I know. Um, but in you know, Revelation 14, it talks about the Son of Man being, coming with a sickle and reaping the earth. And so this, this is, a, you know, that's again John having a picture similar to what's going on here. So I want to continue to keep building up the, um, up the picture. So we're going to look at a couple more um, uh, passages. Um, but I'm just going to point out, so in the Corinthian passage, it talks about saying the last trumpet. So uh, we're going to look at Revelation, and we're going to look at the last trumpet that's mentioned in Revelation. So there are seven trumpets that are described in Revelation. And the seventh, the, the seventh trumpet is found in uh, Revelation 11. So if you, if you could turn to that. So we're going to read from uh, verse, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there was a loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks uh, you, we, give, we give you thanks, O God, um, the Almighty, who are and, and who were, because you have taken your, gr- your great power and have begun to reign. And the nations were enraged, and your wrath came. And the time came for the dead to be judged, and the time to reward, reward your bondservants, the prophets, and the saints, and those who fear your name, the small and the great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God, which is in heaven, was opened, and the ark of, the co- of his covenant appeared in his ta- temple. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds and peals pe- of thunder and an earthquake quake, and a great hailstorm. So before I expand on that, I want us to, also, I wanted us to go to also Daniel chapter 7. So keep hold of Revelation 11 if you can, because we'll come back to it. I'm going to pick up from um, verse 13 to so just give a bit of context to Daniel 7. Um, so it's Daniel having a vision of a number of beasts, uh, essentially, uh, four, in nu- four in number, and um, he sees them emerging um, out, uh, out of the abyss, as it were, and, um, and then he sees a picture of God in heaven overlooking this, and he sees the fourth beast starting to be prominent and be arrogant and speak against the Holy One, and then you've got this instance Uh, that is in verse 13 where it says, I kept looking in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven one like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion, glory and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations and men and every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion 
which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So as we paint this picture, so, so far we've looked at, you know, who's, what's going on with, with those who are alive, you know, what, what does it look like as a picture from the heavenly point of view, from an earthly point of view, but also what's actually going on, you know, sort of legally, governmentally, as it were, and, and clearly looking at uh, Revelation chapter 11, the seventh trumpet, as well as this passage here, the kingdom, the kingdom that is on the earth that is being contested, um, that, you know, was, all, was given to Adam, Adam let it go to Satan, and this is this this at this point. This is when it's now been handed back to 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 Jesus. So at the moment he is. So this is the point. Yeah, this is the point that 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 this is taking place. And um, you, you know, so yeah, so. The age of days gives him a kingdom. It's like I'm going to give you a kingdom, and then in the in the in the Revelation passage you see him receiving the kingdom of the earth. So it's that you know, the age of days saying it is now for you to receive the kingdom of the earth. If we go, if we just keep in Daniel seven and go to, um, you're right. Uh, Daniel seven twenty one, um, and he said. So we're, gonna, we're just going to. What I'm going to say with Daniel is that he's he's getting a vision and then he's getting an explanation afterwards. So you get this kind of opportunity to sort of go over things a couple of times. So in twenty one, it says, "I kept looking, um, and and that horn which was waging war." So this is this is this is a kind of development on the fourth beast, basically. Um, uh, was, was, uh, was waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. So when we, when we also took, so what I wanted to add there was that when the Lord takes on this kingdom, not only is, not only is, he taking on his kingdom, he's got a body of people that are coming to, to reign with him. So see, and they put, you know, the holy ones that come to possess his kingdom. Um, in the Revelation 11 passage, you've got, them, he's got a, you've got them declaring, saying, this is the time to reward uh, your bond servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name. So this, this, this is at this point that, that this is going. This is taking place. There is this, you know, the kingdom being received, but it's also then, you know, Jesus as the chiefest, chiefest of it all, and then um, under him, as it were, you've got a faithful crowd that he is then, you know, apportioning the kingdom out to. And then, just going down a little bit more into Daniel 7.25, it reads like this. He will speak out against the Most High. So this is the horn um, that, we, that was just mentioned earlier. 
and wear down the saints of the highest one, and he will tend to make alterations in times and law, and they will be given into his hand for a times, time, and half a time. So as I've been sort of painting, going through these you know, sort of passages, I've been sort of avoiding one sort of elephant in the room, as it were, which is of, of um, uh, until now, I suppose, but um, of, of, the, of the picture that um, that when this takes place, just before it, is a, is a struggle, a major struggle. So, for example, in, in Matthew 24, the passage we looked at, it starts off by saying, after the tribulation of those days. Um, it then talks about, in Dan, you know, Daniel 7, 21, um, the horn was waging war against the saints and overpowering them. That doesn't look good. Yeah? And, it was, and, then, and then in 725 it says, wearing down the saints. And then we've got this interesting time period called, you know, where it says times, time, and half a time. Um, which we, we understand to be three and a half years. So before I sort of look a little bit more about that kind of time period and that, that, that pressure, I want us just to also just get a perspective of events just immediately after this event. So um, come back to Revelation, but come to Revelation chapter 7. going to read from verse 9. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, and all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and palm branches were in their hand. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And then I'm just going to jump down to 14. And it said, and it says, so this is um, John speaking to someone who's with him. And he says, I said to him, well, Lord, you know. So th there was a question posed previously. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. And they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For re this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no, no longer nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will, and he will guide them to springs of water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. So we have, a, we, have a, we have a people that come out of this, this struggle, this um, challenge, you know, whatever, however hard it is. 
And I, want to, I just want to kind of emphasize the point. It's like every nation, yeah? So that's, that's part of the heart of God is that for every, every kind of way in which, you know, humanity's kind of diced up and, you know, or, you know, uh, expressed into groups and stuff, he's going to have his purchase from, from them. He's going he's gonna to get them somewhere or another. And, I, you know, that's the kind of, um, you know, a made us multitude be a massive multitude, yeah? Um, I think it's important to see that it says they know they will no longer hunger or thirst or anything. So it's kind of explain. it's giving a contrast to the, to the challenges of the tribulation that are, you know, prior. It's like no longer will that happen because we're talking about an event that's after, after that tribulation has happened, yeah? So he's making, making the point. No longer will they... So, 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 you know, we might think, oh, well, you know, um, great, you know. <laughs> but, but, but that is... Uh, when you think, if you've just gone through three and a half years of tribulation to, to have those words at the end... And to know that there's no more of that is, is absolutely, uh, um, you know, massive. Um, just as a kind of um, a nod to, the, to events going forward, but I'm not going to go there, it's interesting that they've got palm, palm branches in their hands. Um, and um, there's one other place I'm aware of where palm branches were, were held, was um, was when Jesus came into Jerusalem, his triumphal entry. Because don't forget, at the moment, the Lord has just gathered together his elect. I still got some stuff to do on the earth before he then rides in. So potentially, what we're looking at here is an event that is that is parallel or similar to what happened in in Jesus's time with with with. A whole procession of people coming with palm branches, welcoming the Lord. But we're not. That's 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 going down a different different road, maybe for another time. But um, I want us to come back to. So, hopefully, that's giving you a good picture of of that day, essentially, of that day. And um, but as I was kind of you know mentioning before, you know. Uh, there will be a body who are alive yeah. through this time. But who are they? Who are they? And, um, and this is where I want then to, so sort of, there's going to be a couple more parts, but they're slightly shorter, um, where I want to try and bring, essentially, bring the focus closer. So rather than us just holding out for that event, there are things to be pursuing earlier. Yeah. So when I talk about earlier, so let's you know we've got this three and a half years. So we know that. Um, so if we ho- if we go back to Revelation 11, um, the build up to to when the um, when we were reading the passage of the seven trumpet is you know the first part of Revelation 11 is 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 is, is talking about um, uh, basically the period of three and a half years. Um, from one perspective, from the perspective of the Lord having two witnesses that um, that are 
um, preaching in the, in the earth um, over this period. And um, uh, we're not going to kind of read through it, but just to say that um, in a couple of places it talks about there being, um, you know, the three and a half years, it talks about 1,260 days, it talks about 42 months. All of these kind of time periods of, of you know, three and a half years. Um, the, the events that happen with the, the two witnesses is that they, they, they do their ministry for three and a half years, and then, then they are killed uh, by what Revelation um, is re referenced in the Revelation is that as the beast. And that I would understand that to be completely the same as the horn that we were talking about in Daniel. Again, I'm not particularly wanting to have our focus on the, uh, um, the bad guys in, in, in this particular talk, but um, they do come in, as it were. Um, and, um, but they're killed, and then three and a half days, interesting enough, um, they are then resurrected and, and caught up. And then you get this rather interesting verse just before 11.13, so 11.14, you get this um, um, uh, verse called, when it says, in 11.14, it says, the second woe is past, and behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Um, now, that's really helpful because what's happening here is, is that in earlier chapters of Revelation, we had a series of trumpet events that were happening. And they were, ha you know, they were happening in ch chapters 8 and 9, and we can read about them. And then something, and then, a, then the narrative changes when you get into chapter 10 through to 11. And so the best way to kind of think about this is, is that you've got two streams that are happening at the same time, and then they are coming together just before the seventh trumpet happens. So it's a, it's a way of basically having been able to explain two separate things, um, uh, you know, maintaining the focus on explaining what that is, and then bringing them together. So this, become, this verse becomes a kind of a, a, a note to, to the reader to say, okay, you know how we were talking previously about, you know, these trumpet events. We got to six, we didn't get to the seventh, but then I wanted to talk to you about something else, and then you have this little note that says, um, uh, we're coming back to talking about the trumpets. So, that, um, so that's why it's very useful to have this in, um, to just explain that, because um, otherwise you could just read Revelation as just one continuous book of chronology and you'll get your heads completely confused. Um, you know, there's many chapters that are happening concurrently. Um, just to say with the two witnesses, just to conclude on that, it's also, um, it's interesting that when Jesus ascended into heaven, and many times that he was, when, when he was kind of having contact with heaven, there always seem to be two. Two, uh, you know, so in Acts, for example, Jesus ascends into heaven, and, there are, and then he, the disciples are looking into heaven, and two men come and say, why are you looking into heaven? Um, at the tomb, when Jesus died, there were two. 
um, to men when Jesus was transfigured too. So you've got this, you've got this kind of protocol existing um, uh, here as al also. Um, but there's another, there's another passage that also talks about the three and a half years. And that is Revelation 12. So I want us to go to there. It's only, it's only the chapter across. And I want to read little bits of, of 12 just to kind of get the picture. So it says, in 12 verse 1, it says, A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. And I just scrolled, come down to verse 6. So after a, um, a confrontation, essentially, with, with the dragon, uh, we have that in verse 6. The woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that she would be nourished for 1,260 days. And then if you go down to 14, we have another, so we have, an, we have like then war that takes place in heaven between a dragon and, um, well, Michael, <clears throat> the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the arch archangel Michael. And in verse um, 14, it says, but the two wings of a great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to a place where she would be nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And just to complete the, um, the picture I want to do, just go to 17 as well. And it says, so when, when the dragon was trying to pursue the woman, was not able to because she fled. In verse 17 it says, So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God hold to the testimony of Jesus so what I'm trying to what I'm trying to sort of hint at here um, is there appear there, there appears to be a group or a provision um, to the when we when we face the answer of well we're waiting for the you know waiting for the Lord to return but there is tribulation three and a half years taking place We've got this chapter that explains about a, wo a woman that is being, uh, that's, um, that gives birth, to a, gives birth to a man child, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, but um, there's a, you know, in verse 6, it talks about God having a place prepared for her. In 14, about him nourishing her for a time, time, and half a time. And then, just going to Revelation 3.10, there is also talk of, a, so when talking about the Philadelphian church, it talks about 
Jesus says these words to the Philadelphian church. He says, because you have kept the word of my word of perseverance, and I will kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on it. I believe, you know, my understanding here is, is that that is a that word to that, Philadel- to that Philadelphian church and that promise is, is, is linked to what, what's been said in, uh, in chapter 12 about, about the woman. So when, there's not much more said about the, the woman particularly apart from in this, in this chapter, but I, I would suggest to you it's... it's it's very much like Moses with the Israelites, the, uh, the whole Exodus story, the pursuit. When you read Revelation 12 a lot more, you'll see that there's a some, there's some, lot of parallels there. You know, and, and what, was the, what were the kind of challenges for you know, that body of people? Well, it was things like the willingness to leave all. Yeah? Yeah, yeah you know, the, the, the okay, oppression in Egypt, but some might be doing quite well, some might be doing less well. Maybe they, you know, I want to go, but, you know, what we read later on, a lot of them will stop going, whoa, I want to go back or whatever. Um, but it's also kind of, well, listening to, to the, you know, the prophets, yeah? So uh, I, I, what I'm kind of suggesting is that, there's, that perhaps there's not much explicit in the Bible but we need to have our, you know, ears to the ground to understand what might be, you know, I, I would say that a lot in the Old Testament might well reveal more about this. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's also thinking in terms of, well, when Jesus was on the earth, you know, he had his 12 disciples and then he had a, you know, a wider group, you know, that, that, that were with him and to some degree that, you know, there was a kind of place of protection and stuff. Um, and so, you know, sort of questions that might kind of, you know, what's going to happen for three and a half years with, with this group? You know, is it a case that the kingdom that's going to come at the end that we talked about, you know, is it, are these places that potentially where the kingdom of God already begins? Yeah? What does that look like? You know, is, there, is it a case where, you know, access to heaven is... It's already there, you know. It's already established because this is a this is a this is you know essentially a safe place, you know, a, a sacred space prepared by God. You know, is it a place where you know? Well, it's, it's prayer that you know everything miraculous and he, you know and healings and everything takes place everywhere. But if, is this a place of particular glory and so forth? Um, you know, and, and the bit in, you know, Daniel, oh, sorry, Revelation 7, when we were talking about people that hunger first and then having a tabernacle over them. Well, is this, is this a place where the Lord's tabernacle is already over them? Because, you know, this, this is the thing. You know, you have an event, but I think, it's, I think it's in the mind of God to kind of say, well, I'm going to bring a little bit forward and, you know, put it there and have a group of people that um, want to go for it earlier. So I'm, the fact that it's, there's not much said on it, 
might mean that there's quite a lot of scope for you know what it might entail um, you know when the Israelites came out of, of Egypt it talks about their you know their sandals you know not wearing down you know it talks about no one being infirm or anything like that so are we are we in that you know is that what we're sort of um, anticipating and what I would say is that is something that is at least three and a half years earlier than the previous event yeah three and a half years yeah because the woman going into the wilderness is done at the beginning of that three and a half years yeah so uh, what I'm trying to say is that <clears throat> if we if we have his coming as one his coming is one thing absolutely but three and a half years earlier at least I wouldn't put it down to the right down the day we've got got this event or this provision being made yeah. and you know we can talk about potentially his coming to that group much earlier potentially but there's a man child as well so we're going to go on to um, chapter 3 so Revelation 12, verse 5. Actually, before I do that, I just want to emphasize the point of, so in Revelation, sorry, Revelation 12, 17, where it talks about the rest of the women's children. So just want to, just want to kind of emphasize this. So it very clearly says of these rest of these children, so they... Um, so, so the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So they are, f we're talking faithful people. But for some reason or another, they are not, no longer a part of, part of the woman, as it were. They're not part of that group. And you know, I would put it to you, given what was talked about in the, in the other passages earlier of, of when Daniel and, well, Daniel in particular was talking about the horn wearing down the saints. And, you know, and, and he talks about waging war here and so forth and coming under a lot of pressure. And then we talk about a people coming out of the great tribulation, um, you know, but no more crying or pain. You know, I put it to you that there's a there's a body of people that might that, that know the Lord, love Him, but haven't quite made it into this into this provision that's made um, when we talk about the woman in the wilderness. And and also we're also talking about many, many you know don't forget this is. Not to forget for for a moment, you know, the the whole harvest that is taking place continuously, as as those as those years go by as well. Um, but and I and I don't know I don't know what the, the their fate I don't know, you know I I says that many might die. Um, 
And when we think about the woman, for example, and you know, our motivation to say, oh, well, we want to be part of the moment, it can't be anything like motivated by our self-preservation or anything like that, yeah? So we can't just kind of think, okay, well, I'm going to pursue this because um, I'm just going to try and keep myself alive. Because Jesus' words about saying, well, anyone who wants to keep their life will lose it. And anyone who loses their life for my sake will keep it. So we've got to have the right heart about it. So I'm not, when I'm really talking about these groups and how this might sort of emerge, I'm not really talking about those necessarily who are called to martyrdom. And I'm not really necessarily talking about, um, uh, I suppose what I'm really more talking about is um, it's the high calling, yeah? It's like we, we, we have something before us um, and we can choose to take it or, you know, put time and investment into it or we, or we could ignore it. And then we are in a, you know, when it comes, when, when difficulty comes, we might not have the provision there. Ultimately, they are, I want to, you know, underline it, you know, they are those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. Yeah. Okay, so um, just coming back to 12.5, so the, we talk about this woman being, um, having a child um, who's then caught up to, so he says, and she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule the nations with a rod and hind, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So we don't really hear, we don't really hear anything more about this child. Um, but we do have another curious group that, that emerges in Revelation 14. And so just move over to that. And it reads like this from 14.1. Then I looked, and behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Sinai, and with him 144,000, having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. And I heard a vo- voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder, and a, force, and a voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth. These are the ones who have not been defiled with women, for they have kept themselves chaste. They are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These have been purchased among men as first fruits to God and to the Lamb. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm making quite the bold link, and I think it's, you know, I think it's been taught in this church that to, 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 to say, well, the man-child that was born in, um, or, and gone up to heaven in, in, 12, in chapter 12 a later emergence of, of that man-child in, in, its fully, in its fully formed state is to have 144,000 standing around um, the, the Lamb in chapter 14. So um, let's just have a look at the, so some of the features of this. So it says, you know, so the name of their, their four, far, father on their foreheads so there was a 
you know, purchased as first fruits for God. So there's a very much an, um, that's kind of a, you know, a total front runner, as it were, you know, a total out there, you know, there's, there is that kind of on the tip of any, on the tip of any kind of uh, spear or something, you've got, you've got this group that are, you know, unashamed and, you know, the, the fact that they've got this mark on their forehead um, and, um, you know, the fact that they talk about being first fruits for God, yeah, um, which is a really key thing. And then 144,000. Well, um, again, I mentioned about Jesus and his disciples. That was 12. So we've got a kind of, I would say, a sort of end times multiple of 12, yeah? So you can imagine that Jesus, with his disciples in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, and, um, you know, and that 12 was important. So, for example, when one of the first things, even before, you know, the day of Pentecost came, you know, Peter, moved by the Spirit, got up and said, well, there's 11 of us, we need, we need to have 12. Something about the dimensions of God, something about how, how things are meant to be, he needed to bring that back to being 12. Um, so we've got this, you know, I think like, multi, you know, 12 times 12, thousands. Um, and, you know, because I quite like maths, Take the, popula- take the population of the uh, 145,000. If you were to take 144,000 and just say, that's it, and, w- and there's no reason not to, um, that's about one in 52,000 people. I did this a few years ago, and it was one in 50, but, but the population keeps going up. Well, at least by, um, yeah. But... Um, I think that's about 1,200 in the UK, if the UK had, a, say, a pro rata slice, for example. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go any, yeah. But, you know, it, I, it, just, just, just to get a kind of a sense of it, yeah? It just get, um, Some of the characteristics, so... Um, in four and five, it talks about them being, you know, undefiled um, and um, blameless. You know, so there's a, you know, we, I think, you know, it's been talked about, hasn't it, about this sort of the need for, a, you know, purity to come in into the church. Yes. There's a need for, um, you know, I would say that I would say this in a whole number of dimensions. So, you know, granted, it's you know, it's a, it's a question of, you know, purity of heart and everything like that. But the other aspect in, in Revelation, for example, is there's a lot of talk about, so there's, you know, there's, there's like two women, um, there are pictures, so, you know, there's the, there's the other woman in, in, in Revelation, it's, you know, it's the Babylon system and so forth. And so, you know, in many respects, some of this is touching upon the fact that it's not, they're not deviled by the Babylon system, they're totally off off the, um, the, they're blameless in that respect as well. They're not, they're no longer, you know, they're above that now. You know, there's no dependence left. There's no 
um, there's no attachment, there's no affinity to it. Um, you know, you can see how that can then start to bring the numbers down of, of the, you know, the kind of people that are really going to go for that. Um, I think, uh, I think the, 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 the massive one, and this is the one that I really kind of, I always kind of think about, it says, follow the lamb wherever he goes. Wow. You know, what does that really, um, you know, what does that really mean? Um, and in 12.5, you know, they were called, called to rule the nations. So there's, you know, there's that, it's that um, it's that responsibility that has been nurtured within them, um, you know, to to ultimately be part of part of the rulership of the kingdom of God in the new in in the new world. Um, you know, Jesus again saying to his disciples, you know, you'll stand Simpson on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. You know, um, when Potentially, he's saying something similar to the 144,000 on a wider dimension. Um, but I just want to go one more chapter along into 15, just to kind of link up a couple of more features, I would say, that are there um, with this 144,000. So in, in chapter 15, I'm going to read from... Um, Verse 2, and it says, And I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those have been victorious over the beast and his image, and the number of his names standing on the sea of glass holding harps of God. And they sang the song of Moses and the bondservant of God and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations, who... Who will not fear, O God, and glorify your name? You alone are holy, for all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteousness, righteous acts have been revealed. After these things I looked, and the temple of the tabernacle of testimony of, in heaven was opened. And the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple clothed in linen, uh, clean and bright, and, and girded around their chests with golden sashes. I'll leave it there, but um, so one thing to just kind of to make a link up here is that um, I think this is linked up with um, uh, Revelation 11, uh, where we talked about the seven trumpet, because again John saw the vision of the temple being opened, and you can see it in in 15, um, and in 11 also it talks about. Uh, there being a great earthquake and a hellstorm, and so what? What I think John is seeing, very in a very quick snapshot, when he sees the seven trumpet, is you know he sees the temple being opened, and then a number of events that follow after that, um, and I, and I think they are analogous to what is is mentioned in fifteen, where the temple is opened, but then chapter sixteen is all about the the bowls. The, the, the seven bowls of wrath coming out, but the concluding bowl is talking about the hellstorm that comes in. So um, th- that's my view. So that's, I'm just qualifying that to, to say 
again, we're, we're sort of back to the event you know, of, um, around, around the time of the seventh trumpet, just after, I would say. And we've got these, pe- we've got these people um, standing victorious over the, over the beast. But, but what's interesting is, is we've got this kind of, you know, harps um, singing, new song, song of Moses. We've got this kind of similar thing emerging again. Um, and so I think this is a link, these, these two are linked. So I think what we've got when we see in Revelation 14 was 144,000, that's an earlier vision, and then, and then it, it, it's towards the end. But one of the, one of the things it's then saying in, in, in chapter 15, which is that they are victorious over the beast. And I suppose what I... I've, I've described three groups um, in, you know, in some ways or another. And I would say that you know, one group is, become, is, is getting overcome and over, um, is kind of on the back foot when it comes to talking about the, the beast that, that, that's to emerge in this earth. We've got another group that is protected, you know, preserved in the wilderness. But then you've got one, another group that is victorious over the beast. So you've got your kind of, well, you know, you've got one on the defensive, one out of the pit, one to some extent out of the picture, um, and then one on the offensive, I would say. So how do we then respond to that? Well. This is the last passage. I want want us to turn to Matthew 25. I'm going to read the parable of the ten virgins. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet their bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were prudent. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the prudent took oil in the flasks along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight there was a shout. Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, no, they will not be enough for us and for you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in and and with him to the to the wedding feast and the door was shut later the other virgins also came saying lord lord open to us but he answered truly i say to you i do not know you be on the alert then for you do not know the day nor the hour okay so i was you know jesus is saying this for a for a particular event that's happened. So he's just explained, you know, Matthew 24, the whole, whole of the, um, 
you know, the Lord's return and being ready for it. Um, but my suggestion is, is that when, he, when, when these things, when he sort of talks about these, you know, and the kingdom will be like, like this or that, whilst, you can t- whilst I think you can say, okay, he's talking about a specific event, they're also a principle. So they're like, this can be applied several times to several occasions. Um, and so let's think about the foolish, foolish virgins. They had, they had, they had a brief. Yeah, they knew knew what they needed to do. Have have some oil, and wait for the bridegroom. So you know your job is to is to have a lit lamp when when he comes. And so what we you know what we need to kind of think about when we when we have something that's presented before us that's an opportunity. You know we know the brief. And then we just make it our business to, to um, you know, keep keep the brief. Well, not only yeah, not only accomplish it, but to keep it going, yeah, because we don't know quite when it happens. It's a whole business of like you don't know the hour. Whilst I talked about okay, you know, there's a three and a half year period. You, you could, you know, granted there's a gap between. We don't know exactly, but you know. I might be mentioning like this might happen, but we don't. So we don't know the detail fully. But I'm saying for a number of events that might be presented before us, to which I've described three of them, we d- we don't know quite when the the door gets shut, for example, or or in this case, really, it's the case of, you know, first of all, it's the case of the there's a call out. There's to all ten the call out goes. It says, you know, the bridegroom's coming. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, if I was one of those foolish bridegrooms, I might have stuck around and just said, okay, I, I'm sorry, but I, I haven't, I've got an empty lamp, but at least I'm not, I'm not left the building, if you know what I mean. But that's me um, maybe stretching the, 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 um, the parable a little bit. But the other thing is, is that by, by going and, and having to buy um, oil, because they didn't have any, they, they you know, didn't have the brief. The opportunity for the acquaintance with the bridegroom was missed, yeah? Because he says, he, clo- he closed the door, when they came back and said, let us in, so they were perfectly aware of, in their minds, their right, perhaps, to, to come back in, or you know, they were there before. Said, he says, I don't know you. And he's saying, well, I don't know you because one, when I arrived, you can imagine what it, what happened. The, you know, the bridegrooms, were, the the the, the, um, the wise ones were were there. You know, the bridegroom probably comes one by one and sort of says, you know, who are you? Met you. There's the acquaintance. It's happened. Yeah. Plus, the bridegroom has an expectation of what what these 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 maids were, were meant to do. And so I know what these people are because they've been faithful to what they've been doing. I don't know who these other ones are because, one, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't meet them at the time that the opportunity was arose. Plus, they didn't actually do what, what I was I briefed them to do. So, you know, 
I would say that, you know, that's, and, and much more sobering than that is the one before, the faithful, the faithful slave, because not only does he, um, not only does he sort of maybe neglect, he goes and beats other, other servants and stuff. So that's a much more sobering, uh, you know, one to consider as well, and that's at the end of 20, Matthew 24. But that's where I want to conclude, is we, I would say that given the Revelation 12 sign was, what, what was it, 2017 that came out? I would say that that, you know, that's upon us, yeah? That is, that's what's before us. And, and um, I think we know it, you know, we, we, we talk about it in this, church we we maybe sort of describe it in different ways but hopefully i've tried to sort of uh lay it out more formally but um i would say that you know that opportunity is there for us and um you know i'd encourage you to take it um and you know maybe it is a part of you know being at 144,000, wonderful but then it's part of helping you know when it says God prepares a place, um, you know, are we a part of being that, working with God to prepare that place? You know, that's going to be calling. You know, and, and it all feeds into what we talk about with Brexit and this nation. You know, when we talk about women in the wilderness, you know, does that look like this country, this nation, being outside of the domain of the, 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 the Antichrist? To be, to be um, a place of refuge, as Heidi, Heidi was praying earlier, because it looks like there's provision for that. It looks like it, there's a picture of that in in the Bible for it. Um, and so, you know, our prayers for doing it is is massive. Um, so, yeah, I hope you can. If we go back into the glory train and all that kind of... Not the glory train. <laughs> Not quite. Okay, okay. Brilliant. Bless you, everyone. I hope that was, I hope that was helpful.